Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Howdy and welcome to A Deeper Dive. As always, I'm Mark Presley. Last time I checked, I was Mark Presley. And uh, this week, we are discussing Sam's sermon from last week. It was Romans 15, the first few verses, 1 through 13. I guess that's not few verses, but 1 through 13. want to welcome you, Sam. If you want to say hi, you can. Yo, yo. There we go. That rhymed. Yo, yo, there we go. Anyways. We're going to cover today uh, that passage, and, and Sam took it uh, the direction of you need to love your neighbor as Christ loves you for the glory of God. I think you said that phrase I don't know, 15, 16 times, but love your neighbor as Christ loves you for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of talking about don't pursue your own pleasure, but love your neighbor. Uh, and so why don't you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I I see my role as just trying to say again what Paul has already said, and so I'm not trying to come up with a message on Sunday. I'm trying to say what Paul's saying, and he says this in the passage over and over and over again. He basically calls us to love our neighbor three different ways, but they're different ways of loving neighbor. One, pursuing their pleasure, not ours, in the first few verses, verse 7 which is welcoming. It's this radical acceptance of our neighbor, even when they're different than us. In the verse 8, serving our neighbor selflessly, going out of our way to do what is good for them. And so he calls us to love our neighbor. Why? And again, he points to the example of Christ three different times in the passage because Jesus pleased us, not himself, when he came to the world. He welcomed us. He accepted us into his community. He served us, verse 8, to bring the Gentiles in. And so, yes, uh, we love because Jesus has loved us, and then why? And the glory of God, again, comes up over and over in the passage. And verse 7 kind of summarizes it and says, therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And it's the middle and this parenthesis of him just going on and on. And what, what happens as a result? Well, as a result, we get to see this diverse kingdom come together uh, in the kingdom of God as we love people who are not like us, as we seek to serve them, uh, to, to really go look out for their pleasure, accept them, then his plan is he's going to bring, in this passage, Jew and Gentile, all nations, every tribe, every tongue, gets welcomed into the kingdom of God. And so he quotes a lot of the different passages of Scripture, said this is God's plan all along. Uh, I shared a little bit how y'all were with me uh, last week when we met with Louis Rosenthal getting ready for pulpit swap, and say, he pointed us, hey, in the end, in heaven, around the throne, this is what it's going to be about. All tribes worship him. Him. Why? How? Well, that for the glory of God is the why. How did we get there? Well, it's us loving others like Jesus has loved us for his glory. Okay, let me do a little housekeeping. That was awesome. But let me do a little housekeeping. I forgot to do. We did like a a cold open there and just jumped right in. But be sure to like, share, uh, comment on this podcast, all those kind of things. Share that with people. We're on Spotify, Apple, all those. If you missed last week's sermon and we're coming to the end of Romans, you want to catch up and and journey with us. We were in Romans since about January. We've been in Romans, but you can listen to all those sermons. Go to firstmckinney.com slash on demand, and you'll get those sermons. You can even catch uh, last week's there. And then as he talked about, just to clarify some things, uh, Sam being pastor here of First McKinney or First Baptist McKinney, there's actually a second 
First Baptist McKinney. They go by the McKinney First Baptist Church in McKinney, Texas. There's two of them. And every year it feels like, and it feels like even more because we're helping them. There's a, a food drive they do different ways. We kind of a sister church, we participate with them, but we have a pulpit swap. And Sam goes there and preaches, and Lewis, Pastor Lewis, comes over here and preaches. Can't wait. It's and a so time. Uh, if you join us online or in person, you want to be sure to be there. I think that's October 30th. I, I don't have the date right in front of me, but I think that's the date. Uh, just normal times, we encourage you, invite a friend, because it's a, a unique Sunday. And this this year, we did it last year during COVID. It kind of um, threw us a curveball, but uh, we're also going to swap uh, worship teams. So uh, they get Justin, Holly, the gang, and we get, uh, I think it's Carrie is the the worship leader over there, so we get them. But you're going to for sure want to hear that. And I, is he preaching on Romans also? No, we're not. We're not okay. continuing Romans that Sunday. We're we're both going to preach out of the Gospels from the word of the mouth of Jesus, and so uh, uh, the word of the mouth from Jesus' mouth. You're going to get to we, hear. We knew what the, you meant. Yeah, and so we're excited. Uh, and if you've heard him before, he he brings the truth of God's word with joy and passion. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so we met this week, and we kind of had a prayer time and and went over a little bit of the details, really more focusing, and he brought revelation. You even mentioned in your sermon that he brought revelation. He read from revelation. He did bring revelation, but but we need to take even more of a timeout, pun intended, and just kind of do our football recap. I know I lost. I know you lost. I think we just move on from there. Let's just keep going. Like, this is not a podcast about football. This is about diving deeper into God's Word. You were the second highest scorer this week, but you faced the highest scorer, which was Ryan. Was that... No, it, oh. no, Brian. Oh, Brian, Brian. But Ryan, too, is also in ours. But, yeah, Brian, and I lost to Jaden, who right now, Jaden, just to keep those of you who are really I interested. I wasn't a podcast about football. It's not, but I just like to keep people, I feel <laughs> okay. like they, they want in on our personal lives. Okay, here. yes, yes. But okay. Jaden and Justin, the two J's, J and J, are at the top of the, the pile right now. So We'll see how long that lasts. And team take Sam down is uh, still working because he's moving slowly. You have two wins, I think, for the whole whole season. I th- that's why I'm trying to change the subject. What did you say earlier? Yeah, yo, yo, there we go. <laughs> yeah, Let's flow like with the show. Like, what, okay, back what? into where we were, <laughs> Romans 15. Romans 15. Now, we got a, uh, it's a longer question, but I'm going to read it. And then you and I talked a little bit before we started recording about it. But let me read the whole thing, mm-hmm. and then you kind of address this. But uh, this came in this week. How would verse 1 in Romans 15 apply socially and community rather than just individually? How would you count? Counsel those groups with influence of power, strength. I know Paul writes the strong in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to use that strength to serve those populations without the same. Uh, it, it, many different implications there, racial, uh, class, economic, gender-related, all those kind of things. But kind of, you talked a lot from the individual mm-hmm. um, and what we need to do, how we need to reach out to our neighbor, quit, quit, not quit pursuing our pleasure, but stop pursuing our pleasure and reach out to our neighbor. Um, what do we do as a unit, as a, as a bigger group, if we are a church that's viewed as stronger in the community, if we're an organization viewed as stronger? How do we reach those out? That's great. Yeah. 
I'd stop saying probably a great question. There'll probably be a bad question that comes. But well, I like we'll call that it it's out pushing when it comes us. a bad question. We'll call it out. But they've all been they're they're good. And again, I didn't say this. If you have a question too, send it send it in question to nine six one two three, or you can just email one of us. But question nine six text the word question nine six one two three. You'll get a prompt, and uh, we'll get that question. We've gotten them in the middle of the week. We get a lot on Sundays, but this one came in. How do you address that? We actually that? got one while we recording the podcast yes. a few weeks ago. So here we go. The, I love it. Pushing us in deeper dive. So verse one says this, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. Now I'm going to interrupt you because I do want to point out, I am the strongest at this table and we will arm wrestle later to prove that, but that's not what he's talking about. But I just want to make that point that I am the strongest. So, and, and that will be a live video cast, not just, yeah, we'll, we'll audio. try to do that. We'll get that okay. for sure. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. Now, this comes after chapter 14, where Paul is wanting to encourage a diverse church. Again, not a church that he's wanting to be uniform. He, uh, he realizes a diverse church, he wants them to be unified. And this church had different convictions around diet and days, some were thinking you should not eat not only just the special kosher diet that was in the Old Testament, pigs, shellfish, but you shouldn't eat any meat. Why? Because that meat could have been potentially sacrificed to idols. And so some in the church were saying we shouldn't do that at all. And it makes sense, actually, in Acts. We're reading through Bible reading. Two different letters we hear about in the book of Acts were written to the churches saying, one of the things, don't eat meat sacrificed to idols. And so some were, were on that and were judging others if they ate meat at any level because they were saying any meat at any level, uh, it could have the appearance of being sacrificed to an idol. So he says the strong person is the person actually that recognizes it's fine to eat meat. That, that's not something the Scripture says. The weak person might think they can't eat meat at all. But if you're around someone with that conviction, you default to the other person's conviction so that you don't, again, uh, make up your mind not to trip up your friend, which is what we, we preached last week. You don't want to cause your friend to violate their own conscience. So don't do that. He teaches that in line with, and I'm trying to dive deep, again, deeper dive so we can get into this verse. He teaches that in line with don't violate your own conscience in order to do that. It, it, you don't just become a chameleon to your friend. Yeah, you become a chameleon to your friend, and you don't do stuff that your friend has conviction about doing, but you also wouldn't do something that's against your own conscience. And so that's what we were—I would encourage you, if you haven't listened to last week's, to go listen to that, because we, we were trying to clarify that a little, that you don't need to— um, look over your personal convictions Yes, that you might stretch them a hair to reach that friend, but you don't need to ignore those personal convictions altogether right. to um, do that. Yeah. And so again, I'm deep, diving deep, try to get to this, this question. The, what I said on Sunday, which I think is also true when it says we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. What he's really teaching in this context is we are going to default to what we want to do so that we don't violate someone else's deal. But I did said, I said then, this is also in line with what the gospel teaches throughout Scripture, that those in a position of strength are called to serve those who are not. And the ultimate example of that is Jesus himself. That's also in the passage in verse 8, 
For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. So when Jesus came, he didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And he's the most powerful human we've ever seen. He was God. And when God showed up, he stepped down, not not took the position of high. Yeah. So what does that look like for the church? Absolutely, I believe that groups that know Jesus in a position of power are seeking to serve those who are not. Um, we, we need to be looking out for the least and the last. Uh, the, what is uh, Paul at one point says, uh, well, James, the brother of Jesus, let's quote him instead of Paul this time. James, the brother of Jesus, says, uh, what does pure religion look like? It's to serve the orphan and the widow, right? Uh, and so that's, that's what religion is to the brother of Jesus, right? That, that we, we look for the opportunity to serve those in need. So and this church does that well, I feel. I mean, you look throughout, and I know I've been here a long time, but you look, it's in our, we like to say around here, it's literally in our DNA um, to serve those, not just outside the walls of this church, but in the walls of this church too. We have ministries that minister to those uh, going through rough times, uh, ministries to help. Your D groups is a great example of that, that you don't think of it that way, no, but you are serving and discipling um, people all, as you all go. the time within our life groups the the community of our life groups is often helping support those in that community that are in a position of less power less control whether it's going through a job loss uh, needing help with uh, picking some, what I mean just we go down the list when when there's someone in need that those that who have what that person needs step in and, and step up and that's what the church is called to do and and yes we do that a lot with our partners in the community too many of uh, those uh, are serving with ministry partners that like Hope Women's Center, like uh, Samaritan's Inn, like uh, different different ways for us to step step in and serve. Mission Regan, a uh, neat story from family in our church to, to, to help provide medical uh, care for those that don't have it. And so, yes, great observation, not just the individual, but groups with power are called to live like Jesus and serve those who don't have it. Okay, so a couple things in this passage that also stood out to me as I looked through, and then we got a couple questions in there. And one real simple, you know, throughout it, it says your neighbor. And I know someone even came up to Jesus and asked him, uh, who is your neighbor? So just just to clarify for this, um, and then I think we should also talk about oat milk. But first answer, <laughs> who who is your neighbor? Uh, in this passage, in, in the passage even we're going to look at next week, who is your neighbor? So the way that it's phrased, who is your neighbor, uh, you have to answer it the way Jesus did, because Jesus was asked that question by a religious leader that was actually trying to trap Jesus, and uh, Jesus basically tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And the story of the Good Samaritan, interestingly, is not someone loving someone that's like them. Uh, it's loving someone that actually they would dislike. Um, the, the story of the Good Samaritan, this guy's going down, walking the road, Jerusalem to, to uh, Jericho, which is still a road that goes down through this gully. It was like the dark alley in Jerusalem. He gets beat up, and a religious leader, I'm always the guy that's in the, the bad spot <laughs> in the stories that Jesus tells us, the religious leader. The religious leader comes down the road, the priest, he won't even get close to the Samaritan. He walks down the other side. The 
the guy who's the Levite, like helping out. I mean, he's the guy that's working at church, but is not necessarily in the position of priest. Same thing, walks by on the other side. Uh, and then the Samaritan shows up. Uh, I think I said the Samaritan's in the ditch. No, the Samaritan shows up who's a Jewish man in the ditch. And they, they at that point in time, had heated division. At one point, the, the disciples and Jesus go through an area where there are Samaritans, and the the disciples ask Jesus, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Like, Wait, wait, wait. They had heated division. That doesn't sound like 2022 at all. There's no, there's no, no heated division. No, we don't have any kind of that, right? None no, of that. Yeah, not not politically. Oat milk, or, almond milk, those people are fighting. Wow. All those kind of <laughs> things. I mean, some people like oat milk, some people like almond milk. Hey, we haven't gotten there yet. Oh, yeah. That's okay. The, so uh, Jesus then tells the story about the Samaritan going and, and giving the man, right, his donkey, taking him, giving him his time, going out of his way, uh, taking care, bandaging his wounds, which probably the bandage probably came from his clothes that he tore up, uh, giving even more money, saying, I'm going to come back to watch and take care of him. And, and then he asked the question, so who in this story was neighboring and the one who was neighboring was the Samaritan, which was the ones that they looked down on. That was their enemies. So I, I think sometimes we think the neighbor is just the person next to us. And I do think we're placed in our circle of influences on purpose, right? God has placed you around the people you're around because they are now your responsibility to be a light to, right? And you are a light. I'm going to interrupt you because that's a powerful thought that uh, someone once told me. And just thinking about that, your place, so you're sitting at the desk you're at, be so you can minister to the people you're around. You're placed in the place of influence at your work, at an organization, on a sports team. Yeah. Uh, you could even Students be coaching school. Yes. so you can influence those people. Absolutely. The strong should reach out to the weak mm -hmm. in that case. And and you're taking you're in your house, you're in your neighborhood to minister to the people around you. That's right. Powerful statement, but wow. keep going. Well, and the, and the, the, the strong and weak here are really the most spiritually mature that understand grace should be sharing that with the people around them. So yes, the, the neighbor, Jesus would say, isn't just the person that's like you or maybe lives right next to you. It's the person you have an opportunity to show love to and step into. You can't do that for everybody on the planet, but God's placing people in front of you with opportunity to serve. And you and I are more extroverted, so it's a lot easier to, we don't meet many strangers, as my dad used to say. But I do think even an introverted person, are you looking for opportunities? Are you looking for neighbors, Yeah. in another word? Um, so we do need to address uh, this issue. You said oat milk. First off, I'm, I've done my research. I don't know why they call it milk at all, because it's really oat water. It's not really oat milk, as I think about this. Okay, I sit corrected. And I yes. think you have an issue I just want to address, because I know one of your favorite breakfast cereals is oatmeal, if that's a cereal. One of your favorite breakfasts, oatmeal, and then oat milk in your thing. Do you have an oat problem? Uh, I have a lot of problems. This yes, but do you have an lower, oat problem? Lower on the list of my problems. Uh, yeah, I probably do. And are there other kinds of oat things, like oat? Meal, oat milk, are there other oats out there? Uh, I'm not even, that, that's a good question, yes. So actually on Sunday, I have two people that actually have come and told me they thought I was saying goat milk the whole time. And I thought were, you said oatmeal for the first five minutes, and then did? I realized yes. Putting and then you held up in the second coffee? service, you held up, well, 
I know you well, and you will eat oatmeal three or four times a day, I think, if you could. I know you just eat a bowl for cereal <laughs> or a bowl, bowl for breakfast, but I do know you well. And, yes, I wouldn't be shocked if you put oatmeal in your coffee. So, And y'all, y'all know that Mark is our creative minister, and so he actually, after the first hour, did bring me a thing of oat milk so that I could show it when I was talking about it in the second service. Uh, so yeah, what was, was there a question related to this? No, I just wanted to dis- <laughs> discuss this obsession with oats that you have. Thank you for that. Yes, I I am very much enjoy oatmeal and now oat milk. I, I my stomach does not respond great. To Is there dairy. oat candy? Like, can you have oat candy? There probably should be. I know there there's so I do like oatmeal cookies very much. Yes, again, we're yeah. back to oatmeal. Mm-hmm. I think your life, were you given oatmeal as a child? Maybe. No. So I did not and do not do great with dairy or bread. And so this allows for there to be oats in my diet and something like milk, and it combines. And what's your standing on grits? Standing? Well. Like, what do you feel about grits? Okay, well, grits don't get into heaven based on their action, right? It's but no, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I did grow up with cream of wheat. But oh, that's, that's another one. There yes, we go. Yes, but that's not to me as good today as oatmeal. And and what do you like in your oatmeal? That's not diving deeper into the... It is into your life. Okay. No, okay. Back to this. Now that we've dealt with my weird oatmeal obsession with your oatmeal <laughs> obsession. Um, so... I know at the very end of your sermon, you talked about what Paul was writing, and he quotes, I think you said four phrases from uh, the Old Testament. And so this person wrote in, uh, really, we preach a lot of times, we've been in Romans all, all semester, and I know you preach from the Old Testament, but how how can the Old Testament, this is kind of a softball one, but how can they, how can the Old Testament help us grow in our faith? It's awesome. Uh, Paul throughout the book of Romans, quotes over and over again out of the Old Testament, and he shows us the Old Testament, points us to Jesus and the mission of God to reach the Gentiles for the glory of God, right, over and over and over again. And I think that helps us even understand how we as Christians now can study the Old Testament and understand that it points us to Christ. Uh, I think any passage you read without the context of realizing, well, the climax of this story is God sending his son Jesus to take the penalty we deserve. And then in the end, right, we eternally are going to be reconciled, the whole world, right, Jew and Gentile, to worship him fully. When I say Jew and Gentile, if you don't have context for the, the Bible, the Jew is what Jesus was. He came to the Jews. The Old Testament was given to the Jews, the Gentiles, everyone else who's not a Jew. So that's like everyone in the world, right? So Old Testament, super helpful to read through in a, for our Christian faith. I would tell you it's hard for me if I'm just reading passages in the Old Testament and there's not at least some Psalms in the reading or some New Testament in the reading. And so the Bible reading plans that we've done with the church, we've brought that in because it can sometimes feel like as it's making the point that God hates sin in the Old Testament, which Jesus ultimately ends up taking the penalty for that sin and the wrath of God in our place. So it really does lead to Christ. But if all you're doing is reading uh, how, you know, that that being taken out, right, on and you seeing people fall into sin over and over and over again, it can start to be depressing. So yes, read the Old Testament, read it in context of remembering Jesus like Paul does, and include in your reading of the Old Testament some devotional time in the Psalms and or some time in the New Testament where you're seeing Christ 
proclaimed. I like how you took it full circle and brought it back to Jesus being the servant who the strong became the weak. So you brought it full circle. But um, kind of wrapping us up, uh, looking towards next week, and I know we're going to be talking about um, a neighbor reaching those who have never heard, um, kind of as we as we look towards that. Um, what are some barriers to that? Or, or, or just give us a glimpse of what you're looking at as we look into the rest of chapter 15. Well, not the rest of chapter 15, the next few verses yeah. of chapter 15. So Paul starts in Romans 15 by saying, hey, we love our neighbors like Jesus has loved us for the glory of God. But he is leading to, and we saw this as in the second part of our passage this last week too, is not just leading to people that may, again, look like your neighbor. It's going to be the Jew and the Gentile coming together. And Paul's going to say in chapter 15, second half, I'm going to people that have never heard. I'm called to go there. And so uh, I believe that there are more people in our church that God is going to call to go there. We have a story I just heard about in the hall this morning from a family that was in our pews just a few years ago who just went on missions overseas, and then they're in an area where the gospel is, but they're going from that area to places that there is no context for knowing Jesus. And I heard a story this morning about them saying, hey, it's just crazy to get on a boat, go over a river, show up in a place and say, hey, do y'all know that God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sin? And they're like, Jesus? Who's Jesus? You know, I have no context for that. They got to see on that trip 20 people trusting Christ. So Paul's being called there, and he's going to lead us there. But in the process of that, because not everyone in our church is going to go there, he's going to help us also see how we can live our lives worshiping him uh, as, as we reach the people that he does call us to. And uh, I'm excited about We have a, a, a missionary couple that's going to be with us this week that's been part of translating. They're one of our key partners, translating the Bible into a language that's never had Scripture. And God lined it up that they would be here this week with, without them even knowing this is what we're going to preach on. So we're going to get to talk to them. It's going to be exciting. I'm jumping out of my seat because I met with them yesterday to look through some images. And that's that's the story that kept coming to me as you're sharing this, as I'm looking ahead also, yep. is that they are literally taking the Bible where it's never been, and he he had in his hand the New Testament that they had completed, yep. and there was Romans, and I had him turn to Romans 15, and we look through those verses in Romans 15 that we addressed this week. So, so it's kind of, now I couldn't read it, it was in a language that I didn't know, but the whole process... Yep is amazing. Keith Moeller yeah. and the whole process is amazing how they're taking it. And they even have other uh, religions looking at it to make sure that it's not just us being biased and, mm -hmm. and all those kind of things, the proper way to translate. It's just awesome. So awesome. And so neat that we get to be a little part of that. And if you're part of our church, you're part of this. And so you're going to hear about what that is, as we're part of reaching those who have never heard through the molars and, and other partners. So, and I think that might be a good way to end today to say that. So again, as I said at the first of this, uh, make sure you like, share, comment. If you want to send us a question, uh, text the word question 96123, or if you have a good oatmeal recipe or or something like that, that or some way to oatmeal cookies, I'd take some of those oatmeal cookies. You can text that, text the word question 96123, and then send us an oatmeal recipe, and we will we will share that or at least share it amongst ourselves and yeah. enjoy some oatmeal. But so, so can we like their their message on the oatmeal recipe if we like the recipe? Are we able to do we that? We will figure out some way. If it's a good one, we can try it and maybe even try it live on the air. I don't I don't think that'd be good to hear me eating. I'm a loud eater. <laughs> we can talk about that next week. But uh, I'll give you the last word and and you can close us out for this podcast. 
So this section of Romans hopefully helps us see the beauty that God intends for his church, and that is that he's going to bring together not only just people that look different, people that have not, not key issues, not gospel issue, not issues the Bible is abundantly clear on. That's, I don't think that's what this is talking about, but issues that maybe we'll, we would be disagreeing with other Christians, a significant number of other Christians on fringe issues. God wants us to be together. I, I, he wants us to be unified but not uniform for his glory. And I love, I think that God has, has given us a church that's like that, and I'm praying that we'll become more and more like that, more and more diverse, focused on Christ together for the glory of God. And so I'm praying for that. Awesome. Join us next week as we take a deeper dive. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting question to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.